Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm Arneville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about finding your beliefs, finding out your beliefs. Yeah, and the, that's a very interesting game to play. Uh, one of the games we love to play on this show is the Mayan calendar. Today is the... Uh, Ock 8. Mm-hmm, galactic dog. Mm-hmm, it's the exploration of loyalty and uh, exploration of the options of loyalty, but mm-hmm. it's a day of exploration for sure. Yeah, and Auk is in my uh, uh, wave spell, and uh, I think it's ninth place, so loyalty to self. It's number one in my place. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean your open door. I mean, the wave spell of the dog. Yeah, that's the open door. Uh, it's that? so synchronous, too, because I'm the Chinese year of the dog, too. Woof, woof. Okay. Well, and it's, uh, as we say, every one week thing, we've explained well, this. One thing there is the, the loyalty about is our beliefs. Whether mm-hmm. they're working for us or not, our beliefs really are the software that plays on the computer of our consciousness and our physical 3D reality. And the more you understand the software that's running in your head, the more you're going to understand yourself and be able to consciously create in your life. If you have a, a program running in, in the unconscious. It really is like an autopilot software program, and they are 100% on your side. If we didn't have the faculty to have habit and subconscious autopilot programs, we'd have to reinvent the wheel every minute. But the fact that we can put it into the autopilot, like driving the car so we don't have to learn how to shift every time we go into the car, it really works for us. But if we put a program or a belief in there that's not necessarily taking us to where our larger objective may be, then it seems like things are sabotaging us, or it seems like we're entering into self-sabotage. And it's really important not to look at it as self-sabotage, because you are 100% on your side. It's just revealing what that program is. And it usually happened early on in life, where we had an experience that we assumed was reality. Well, a lot of people seem to have marathon programs running where, um, regardless of the level of consciousness, uh, it just creeps back in. You're, you're caught up into it right away. And uh, these um, programs are, uh, really, we do have to flat out deal with them. It does require, uh, pardon the expression, homework. But it does require our recognizing these programs and then changing the program that they're running. And uh, the, uh, really the easiest way to recognize a belief, all right, what just happened? It's a belief. If someone would like to call in and tell us anything that happened, really, I mean anything that happened. I saw a guy in purple spandex and... Now I'm not certain about the world. That's a belief. <laughs> yeah, the belief that yeah. the world can't be a certain place if there's purple spandex on men. Yeah, well, belief, this yeah, is the thing. It is. Everything that happens, 100% of it, mm-hmm. all day long, every day, is what you believe. Yeah. And very few of us have retrained or been trained in the first place to believe something like, and we've taught it so many times, to believe that absolutely everything that happens is on your side. It doesn't matter what it is. 
It doesn't matter how antisocial or anti-you or anti or uncle I or any of the rest of that that it is. It's going to turn out to be on your side. I don't care what it is. Well, I think what's interesting is if you look at the hate-mongering that happens, which is um, racism, religionism, sexism, sexism whatever the ism yeah. is, mm -hmm. it's really about a belief that someone, hatred always is around a belief system that is starting to crumble, but the person is doing everything they can to reinforce it and keep it going. It's like a, a dam that has completely shredded and there's just little fragments left and someone keeps feverishly stacking those bricks to keep the water contained. Yeah. Our beliefs, when, they, when it's time for them to go, and I've said this a lot, but I'll say it again, beliefs are really hallways that we move through. They're not rooms that we stay in. And I think that's where we get into our hate-mongering and it's them against us kind of thinking, mm -hmm. is when we see a belief as as a room that we have to defend rather than a hallway with, that we walk through. Beliefs are meant to be changed. They're meant to grow. When I was little, I believed in Santa Claus. And Santa Claus is still there, but in a different form for all the little kids here. Uh, Santa Claus is here. I also believed that the world was as big as my neighborhood when I was a kid for a period of time. And then I learned more things, and my beliefs got expanded. Software got upgraded. So where in your life do you have software playing that really could be upgraded, that's not serving you anymore? And a good way to find that out is to s feel where you're resisting and where situations in your life are, are in a state of friction with you, because that's a big tell. Is it at work? Is it that your belief system about your capabilities is um, limited, and so therefore you're having friction issues at work? Well, I'd just love to assist one or more of our viewers. Uh, if you want to talk about anything that's happened, it will reveal a belief. As you were saying, the, when the, the a system is crumbling, uh, people believe that they have to shore it up, even though it has worked against them, even though they or, understand that it's worked yeah, against or them. Or the time has passed for it yeah. or something. So this idea of uh, having to do anything is uh, very antisocial in a very real way. It's uh, possible to simply allow everything. And if you simply allowed, you could not actually be touched. Mm. The idea in um, the charisma class is to, uh, I may have said this a few weeks ago, but it remains true. Supposing we went back uh, through an epoch of time and we found uh, mankind before people had names and we meet one of these people that has no name, what do we know about that person? That they are not driven by packaging, I can tell you that much. <laughs> they, they don't identify with the world anything like we identify with the world. Yeah. You know, if you've ever been... It's really been, an uh, interesting concept, for sure. Yeah, if you've ever been um, um, cited for something and they say your name and you hear that outside of you, that forms a lot of your identity right then and there. You know, maybe an award, maybe cited for doing something um, in class that was not approved of by the teacher. And then you don't do that. Your name is who does that. Mm -hmm. and, then, and so if you don't know a person's name, then you can regard them in a completely different way mm. than if you knew their name. 
But what we're interested in on this particular program is for someone to call in and just say anything, and we'll explain how your belief system brought that into reality. Uh, the greats of the, those of us who are the great scientists um, are still enamored of presenting reality as a fixed concept. The table's solid, mm-hmm. you know, all of these beliefs, uh, etc. But they only turn out to be beliefs. And the great power in what we are attempting to bring forth on this show is that you can change your belief. And the techniques by which you can change it, uh, we go over that quite a bit in the consciously creating your life. Yeah. But well, the changing of the beliefs is a great human power. Yeah, and, and something else just along the lines of changing your beliefs is they naturally grow and change and evolve. And it's a big sign when things are getting uncomfortable. We are taught that it's up to us to manage the flow of the universe and to manage time, time management. That used to be a, a category on my report card when I was yeah, in elementary yeah. school about time management. And that right there says you are in charge of this time, this change. And so we can't possibly manage that with our mind because it's so much vaster than that. So the letting it flow naturally is, th- or when we let it flow naturally, we let things go in their right timing. When we don't uh, let that happen, we start entering into those friction points, like I was saying earlier, to where our angels have to com- be, come into our life disguised as those demonic co-workers to kick our butt out of that job because it was time for it to pass on. Because and new we things have, were coming. And we have our first As caller. in a new call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. Hi, Mary. It's Carrie. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good to hear from you. Yes. Okay, so um, this is my question. I understand the whole concept about us being spiritual beings and the whole thing about that we need to start loving ourselves in order for us to really experience what we're supposed to experience, I guess, in this life. And I've been doing a lot of the mirror work and looking at the mirror and saying, I love you. And That's I realize, I realize that it's, it's tough. It's, it's like I look at it and uh. I'm like, I don't believe it because I start looking at, oh, I have a little pimple there or I have a little wrinkle there and I'm like criticizing. But you know what? Well, you're, you're bringing up a really good point. I don't believe it is the... Right. The, well, yeah. what, what I mean is, and, and here is where I feel there's a little bit more to these positive affirmation things. I think they're great. Obviously, if you're in the habit of saying something like, I'm, not, uh, I'm no good, to say, I am good, is a wonderful thing. But it really has to be done in increments that are believable to you. Otherwise, the war just goes on and on and on. And every time, let's say, looking in the mirror and saying, I love you, and there are things that you don't love about that, every time you say, I love you, it empowers the part that has to resist and argue against that. Yeah, so it's working. So it's a really good idea to go yeah. in increments, and that's why uh, some of the statements I work with people in the emotional work is even though I don't think, I, I, even though I don't love me, and work on that conflict and then step to the next step and then the next step until you can legitimately be say, you know, find yourself saying that honestly. Yeah, well, and also another side to this coin, We've had a lifetime of, especially people around us, convincing us that we're less than what we are. 
I mean, that's more or less the point of being a human being, is to convince other people that they aren't worth very much so we can feel that we are worth more. And, and it's insane, and it is a common human belief, and it is a form of management that we don't understand that we're doing. So we've had, any of us, whatever our age is, you've had longer than that amount of time being programmed with negative beliefs, or beliefs that we are less than the truth of who it is we are. And the truth of who it is we are, once we scrape enough barnacles off that, is truly limitless, truly a creator, mm -hmm. uh, limited only by the imagination. Yeah. Because the universe will do anything that we tell it to. Okay. And if this is offensive to people, that's okay. Because this is the goal. This is, pardon me, this is a, the byproduct of becoming of more conscious. Yeah, mm -hmm. the byproduct of. So this well, micromanagement of our belief about ourselves <coughs> takes, we, we have to step into a much larger picture. And we do this by relentlessly reprogramming ourselves. It really has to be done relentlessly. I've written affirmations over decades, you know, to get well, those changes in effect. I, I definitely agree there are things like that, that, mm -hmm. that especially habitual thought, but the work I've been doing, there is a way, if you get to that original brick, if you look at the belief as a foundation, and let's say that we don't love ourselves is the belief, looking in the mirror, that could be coated with a lot of foundational beliefs of it's not okay to look in the mirror, it's not okay to love myself, it's not okay to think I'm beautiful, etc. It can be a whole wall of different beliefs and not just one. And rather than fighting with it and relaying every brick and, and trying to write that whole Leaning Tower of Pisa, it's best to change the belief and the whole structure writes itself one time and forever rather than constantly trying to, through habit, always make it uh, arrive at the other place. There are different techniques for it. So what I would suggest, Carrie, is next time you do that, and you say, I love you, and you feel that, that contrary feeling or thought, just say, okay, I love you, even though you're having a hard time loving you. You know, say that to yourself in the mirror and see what happens, see if that takes care of the conflict a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a great idea. And, and also, what about trying to, trying, like I, you understand the whole concept of being a spiritual being, that you create your, you know, your reality and all that, and in concept, everything just makes sense, but reality is, there's so much belief in, I don't know, in the subconscious, that, I mean, is it the conscious or the subconscious? I don't know which one. But it's like, I, I, I see myself every day really, you know, understanding, oh my God, you know, I just created this and, and I know I did it. And, and it's just going back and forth, back and forth, trying yeah. to figure out well, why. Well, you, you brought up a really interesting point because the subconscious mind isn't really a consciousness that creates anything. It takes a belief that's that's it's like our our helper or our um, servant in that way. We get a belief, we make decisions. That's the conscious part of us that makes decisions, and it makes decisions with a superconscious part of us, and then the subconscious mind acts it out. And so many times, people 
defer to the subconscious programs acting out yeah, as yeah. if it were their conscious or superconscious mind making decisions. Did that make any sense? Yes. Yeah, it did. And, and again, this is the belief. This is what we're attempting to scrape the barnacles off in, on this particular show. Your reality is your belief. Your, your system of beliefs creates your reality. And if we are going to do anything about that, we don't try to do anything about that. We do that. We change this. We change this by rewriting. Because that's the way it works. And we can... Uh, Mm-hmm. What do you say about it? We have said this so many times in so mm-hmm. many different ways for so, so many of us. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you yeah. have to be, first of all, you have to see that you are the one that's creating the belief. You have to take responsibility for the idea. You have to recognize you as the source of the belief that's writing the reality that you're living in. Well, that's I the point at which you can actually magically change but to get to that point well I would add on to that point before you go on to the next point I would add on to that that yes we are the create and this is my point of view I'm not saying it's your point of view but I have found over the years just all the people that I've talked to in my own evolution that when we say I'm the one that creates my reality automatically because people have the beliefs that are connected to physical reality where we're responsible for things that really aren't in the moment and the brain can only handle stuff that's going on right here right now and it's the bigger part of us that handles potentials and futures and other dimensional realities but yet we get talked into thinking it's our mind this this intellectual part of us that's responsible for everything that's why we're so stressed out and then we get a spiritual belief system that puts even more on our shoulders that oh gosh I've got to watch everything I think everything I say or my world's going to go spinning and careening out of control but yeah there, there is a bigger part of us and I look at it as there's two things the part of me that remembers everything and the part of me that's forgotten and I and they're both perfect the part of me that's forgotten was created by the other part and and it's to have experiences and I can turn it over I make my decisions and I turn it over to the universal flow and I don't assume that I have to control that and I think that's a very fine distinction that really would be good to be made especially with all the uh, law of attraction kind of concepts that are out there just let it go make a decision and let it go and whatever happens is always on your side and will eventually pan out to be something perfect no matter what it looks like and it wasn't in our conscious mind you know well thank you so much guys. thank you and, and thank you and uh, if you can maybe do a re- okay I think she said a reading later yeah why don't you do it now okay because there's this is not going to get anywhere oh I think Just this is a great conversation yeah, yeah yeah oh we have another call so we'll do it hi caller what's your name please my name is Linda hi Linda Thank you so much for explaining so many things to me. I really appreciate it. I really do believe in letting it go and letting it flow. But I had an uncanny experience last week, uh, two weeks ago, where I was knocked down by somebody who tripped about seven or eight feet from me. And uh, I didn't hurt. But on the other hand, maybe I saved his, his body. I don't know. 
um, I'm just having a little... I understand what happened, but I think I saved saved him. But I, uh, okay, I'm going through the healing process right now. Okay, and you said that happened twice. No, no, it happened once two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Are okay. you physically yeah. hurt? Yes. May I ask? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we're all the choreography on this planet is little understood. Apparently, there is. Um, uh, there's no such thing as a victim. That's part of the thinking. And in that same sense, there's no such thing as... You know, I, I just have a feeling all this is going to be challenged and I'm just not in the mood oh. to... Oh, no, that, that's well, a belief. But I'm, I'm Yeah, I know, that's a belief. That's, what, that's the point no, of our whole No, I think everybody's show. agreeing tonight on, on the belief stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. So there are no victims, therefore there is no saving. Mm-hmm. Okay, and all of that thinking does an incredibly good job of distracting us from moving forward. In fact, the entire of the media is set up, to with the exception of this show, and probably a few others, but basically, the entire of the media... The word victim is used more than any other word in the news media. Sure. Singularly the most, and there's no such thing as a victim. And this whole... So the idea of whatever the inner reaction was, if we scrape enough of the barnacles off of it, we see that you had this experience in order to create a more evolved you. So then the question becomes, how am I more evolved from the inner reaction with this person? Yeah. Now, part of it would be that if you hurt yourself, you in reality wanted some time off from your life where you could sit and be quiet and be nice to yourself. That's, you know, the way that works. Well, I've also, it's been my observation, especially working with people that are doing their spiritual and psychic development, that when we get to a certain place spiritually, when we're transcending the uh, illusionary compartments that we live in here called our, our unique identities and our bodies, that we have to take on a different form of boundary system because we don't have the physical laws protecting us doors we can shut, etc. And so when you get to a certain place in your evolution, your guides, teachers, higher self, God, whatever you would like to call the part of you that remembers everything, will create boundary issues in your personal life in order to train you and to show you direction in your spiritual life. And what I feel is going on, you're going to a point where it, it's showing you love isn't always this empathetic thing that takes on everything from every, for everyone else and look at it as a learning experience so that you can start allowing the love that is not codependent to emerge and flower in your heart because it's a quite different thing. I remember once upon a time I, I really confused love and pity and love and saving no matter mm -hmm. what and now I have a higher definition of love and it includes more things. Yeah. Well, thank you, because I always thought that love has, is the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. Yes, but love isn't always uh, the codependency. Uh, okay. There's the codependent view of love, the old martyr, um, like that show Combat. I don't know, my brothers used to watch it. You guys remember, remember that? I remember watching an episode where the soldier was dying and his buddy said, I'll stay with you. And he goes, no, save yourself. And he goes, no, I'll stay with you. And that really was the mindset that you would stay and die, and that's what love meant. But as things have shifted, 
Love means stand to where your path leads you, and that will pull everyone else up. And that's the way to, to heal. And I think that's we're stepping from codependency to unconditional love. And yeah, unconditional it, love doesn't hurt yourself either. It always has to, love always feels good, mm-hmm. and it's always a win-win. And it's, it, quite a bit of modeling is involved in love, and we don't really comprehend this. There is really only romantic love in the, the common fodders of the way people think of love. Actually, everything is love. There is nothing that is not love. And uh, anything that is done to a child, that child grows up thinking that that is love. So if the child chose to have the experience of one parent beating on the other parent, then that child feels that that's what love is, and so acts that out. Hmm. But nobody understands that, not to any degree, and certainly not Mm -hmm. really understands that. So to come on our particular program and say, you know, I'm going to model a different sort of love than the way it has been, but it's definitely still love. And, yeah, you know, because it's unconditional not well love received and will never be a one-way street. It's, yeah. it's always a two-way street. So you're, you can't be unconditionally loving someone else if you are conditionally loving yourself mm-hmm. or hurting you. Mm-hmm. That's not a real, real flow. So what's a synonym for love? What's another word for love? One word is power. If you were the most loving person on earth, you would also be the most powerful person mm-hmm. on earth. What's another synonym for love? Somebody call in with synonyms for love. Yeah. There's not that many in English that I've found. Another one is risk. That's another synonym Mm -hmm. for love. That's a good one. Is risk, yeah. People don't really comprehend love. It's uh, flowers and Valentine's Day and hearts and flowers, but you don't get it. It's everything that happens. Everything that happens. Yeah, well, I tell you, the moment I realized the mnemonic or the phrase love always feels good because I mm-hmm. was taught love hurts, love oh, is terrible, sure. love is tragic. But to say love always feels good, then you're not going to make decisions that are codependent love and you will be able to have boundaries. And instead of overlapping like that and having a tug of war, you can really merge with each other because you're complete. And when I know you we have another When you recognize everything is love, then everything feels mm-hmm. good. Everything and feels it is good. possible to do that. Okay. And, uh, Sounds high wonderful. Collar. Brilliant. We have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary. Hi, Neville. This is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Ryan. What can we do for you? Actually, I'd uh, like to share something with you guys. Okay. All right. I uh, actually was thinking of uh, some activities for love. Some activities? And, uh, for yeah. love. Okay. And I came up with an acronym. It's, um, it's called the BRC check. Okay. So the B would stand for balance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be regarding your physical balance, whether you could find something that you can enjoy your time on, like a bike or uh, skates or skateboard or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that, something of physical nature to where, you know, you're just finding your center. Then the R is uh, rhythm, which would regard, uh, like, maybe music. To mm-hmm. get your, you know, because that's basically what love is also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the heartbeat is mm-hmm. the rhythm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and then C, uh, craft, which is what we all came to do, find out what we are creators of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you find out what each, what you are capable of doing in each of those three things, I believe you would find 
more of a purpose to what you're here to do or what you're here to remember again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just thought I'd share that with you guys. That yeah, is beautiful. Excellent. That's beautiful, Ryan. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm yeah, sure a lot of so. people got a lot out of that. Yeah, it inspires me to have thought about the language. Uh, if we go back 20 years, let's say, the language was absolutely a solid uh, because of the uh, enforcement of spelling and the idea that um, uh, we weren't allowed to mix words together. Uh, right now, our, our language is pretty close to a liquid. That is to say, you take any noun there is, a pen, okay? And if you put the word me after it, it becomes a verb. Pin me, you know, any, any noun you want to name, and you put me after it, that noun becomes a verb. Okay, so our language is approaching a liquid form, which means that it wants to, we are all water texture, yeah. water texture, that's who we human beings are. And our language, which had solidified, is now becoming liquid. Yeah, it's very well put. I agree. Now, it is moving through liquid and will move towards gas. Okay. When it becomes gas, it will be humorous, evidently. But also, uh, the acronym. Uh, you know, uh, there are more and more and more and more and more and more acronyms. And they're very specific language in and of themselves. Um, if you're a doctor, you have a, a 10,000 acronyms in your head in order to keep, and you've used acronyms as mnemonics to remember processes because your brain has to expand to get that much stuff in it to actually become a doctor. Mm. Now, what interests me, and I don't think this is till the end of this century, is the idea of the fourth state of matter, which is plasma, which is technically speaking superheated gas but it's superheated gas with a, therefore, a greater intelligence involved in it. You know, all of the Star Trek people are aware of the, oh, the plasma coil blew out and cooked what's-his-name, stuff like that. But what will the language be like when it has reached that form, in which case it'll be unique to each of us in a certain way? And I'll tell you, I think that's when it will reach flat-out telepathy again. Because it's pretty telepathic now, but nobody's allowed to know that. I think. <laughs> God, I slay me. Okay. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that is the way that goes. I believe we have yet another caller. Hi, yet another caller. <laughs> I just wondered if you had yetta? anything else to yeti say. Yeti or yetta? <laughs> no, it's a big, hairy yetta. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, it's, it's Keith. Uh, Keith, how are no. you doing? Hey, Keith. What? Hi, guys. How are you? Great. How are you? Doing great. Sitting here with Mona. We're watching you guys and enjoying hey. your minute. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quick question. You know, um, Mona called me in and said you guys were on, and, and um, uh, something we, that, that's come up for me a lot, actually, and something that you and I haven't discussed, Mary, in the past, but I've got a couple of things I want to talk to you about very quickly. Maybe you can hit on them. Um, the first thing is I've got a couple of pair of um, sunglasses, and they're expensive sunglasses. They're well-made. They're, you know, they're name brands. I've paid a lot of money for them, both from different companies. And both of them, the, the left eyeglass has popped out of and continuous, continually pops out of, of my, my glasses. Now, I'm, I'm very careful with them. I don't drop them. I, I don't tear them off my head when I take them off. But the left eyeglass keeps popping out. That's the first thing. The second thing is, in our apartment here in California, I've been living in this apartment for 15 years. 
I'm really, really good with finding my way around the city. I'm really good with direction, and my, my um, radar is excellent. When I'm in my apartment, I'm always discombobulated. I don't know where the front of the street is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only literally feet from our front door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a tendency to stop batteries. Um, like our, the, the remote for our car battery dies on me all the time, um, and as well as my watches. My watches die on me a lot. I go through watches like crazy. So I, I don't know if you could touch on any or those, all of those. Those are interesting. I, I can just say my quick three thoughts for that, and then Neville can. Those are really interesting. Electromagnetic fields uh, can exist within a home, and you do have a strong EM field. That's why the watches and the batteries. And so when that combines with a magnetic resonance in your home, and I'll go into more detail because I'm seeing some things Maybe if you guys don't mind drawing a little floor plan and sending it to me because I was getting a vibration of something that might be underneath you that would explain some of that. And maybe we could come up with a a way to take care of that. But the left lens popping out of the sunglasses is, well, what happens when that comes out is a whole bunch of light comes in and it goes into the right brain. And I feel that there's some things that have, have been moved away. It's like... Uh, our emotions, in a way, block right brain total awareness because if we're not comfortable and balanced in our emotions, then we're probably not going to be allowed by our larger consciousness to go traveling interdimensionally in quite the same way. And I feel that there's just su- such big shifts with you in a lot of things in our in, in the world, just your relationship to the world, and it's taking that that darkening thing off so that light can be streaming into your right brain, which might be. Well, there's, yeah, there's quite a bit to all of this. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, It shows you how our life leaves us clues. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the um, revealing of the left will be about revealing um, your female side. Keith, you becoming more in touch with the female part of you, which is embodied by Mona at the moment, but the idea of you uh, seeing without filters your female attributes. Which are also your intuitive attributes, by the way. Yeah, which has yeah. to do with the way the brain processes the mm-hmm. information. Now, the or- disorientation in the apartment and hyperorientation outside of the apartment has to do with, um, again, this, well, belief, the product, uh, the purpose of our show. So you believe this, and that's what's creating that, and that is not my point at the moment. It's uh, the idea that uh, in that environment that would um, primarily be the most understood environment, living there for 15 years, you ought to be able to walk around the place blindfolded and not touch anything, but that inner part of you, the floor plan of the place, uh, is apparently, as Mary was touching on, convoluted with energy fields. Now, you know, and and we don't know the history of the apartment building or what it was built over or, you know, what the strata of rocks underneath you looks like. So one thing that you could do would be to lay out a crystal grid, you know, put some crystals around the house, telling them to reorient you as you walk around in the place. Yeah, and I, I w- I'd be happy to make recommendations, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Sure. And also, something else occurred to me as you were talking with the lens popping out uh, of mm-hmm. that and bringing more light into your creativity. And, and this is 
in, in addition to what we've already said. But I really feel like right now, it's, it's to really trust the creative inspirations you're having because there's something really opening. Yeah, quite um, a bit's opening. And it's creatively and step out of the left brain type of planning and, mm -hmm. and really allow that to be the predominant force right now because it's, it's like there's this cloud of new ideas that, that may be the precursor to something really big coming up technologically or creatively in the future mm -hmm. that you can be tapping into it now rather than later. Yeah, and I'm sure feng shui, etc. All these okay. are factors. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, it was geez, great to hear thanks, from you. Yeah. Hi, Mona. Mm -hmm. Great. And, uh, Do we have another call? Or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? And thank Hi, you Mary. Hi, Neville. Hi. How you doing? It's Pat Coffey. Hey, Pat. Oh, hey, Pat. Hey, I'm sorry I couldn't be there tonight, but uh, I'm stuck at home getting my computer fixed. Okay. So, well, what, what, what's I up? Did, well, I was listening to the show, and I said, I said to myself, when you guys said about synonyms for love, Mm -hmm. I oh, think yeah. I have at least one. Okay. Oh, yeah. And to me, this one synonym, good synonym for love would be caring. Because if okay. you care for somebody, mm -hmm. that means you love them. That's that beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I have and, some... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. And also, I, I also wanted to share with you, um, I, I've been having a fairly good week. I've had some, some obstacles in my week, but they haven't gotten to me this week. I, I still have been able to keep a real good mood and, and I think it's because I had a dream the other night and uh, the whole telepathic, everybody, you and everybody that works on telepathic TV behind the scenes as well was in it and we were doing your show live from a beach somewhere, like right. in the Caribbean. Sounds and great we to were, me. And we Let's were sending go. it like by satellite back to Channel 10 and I, at one point, I, will. I, I oh. came up to Neville and I just said, you know, Neville, this is, this is, is, is so beautiful and what a way to regenerate your, your body and your soul. And Neville looked, turned to me and looked me straight in the eye and said, you don't have to be here to regenerate your body and regenerate your soul. You can do that anywhere. It's just, it's just a frame of mind. And yeah, that's very up. good, Pat. Yeah, you'll have to tell and me more about that next time we see each other. We can do some analysis on that. And it was just, it was wonderful. And ever since then this week, no matter what has happened, I've just been able to take it in stride. Well, that's Excellent. wonderful. Good job. Good job. That is the way that works. Yeah, I love, I love your um, synonym for uh, caring. Mm -hmm. he, a long time ago, somebody that used to watch the show, her son Billy, I believe, he said, Mom, I can tell that you love me because my name is safe in your mouth. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways we can express love and to uh, show love and, and put love out there into the world is to say nice things with our mouth <laughs> and to let people feel loved with, with uh, what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. 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 So thank you, Patrick. Yeah. That's great, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. And to live in heaven on earth, which is the possibility of understanding everything as love. We have another call. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith from Buffalo. How are you? Hey, Edith. Edith. Good right. to hear from you. Good to hear from you. i got a question for you. Mm -hmm. I've seen you use pendulums over a map, and you were talking about electromagnetic fields. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm wondering, you know, what moves the pendulum? Like when people do Ouija boards, sometimes they think spirit is That's a very, it. very good question. Um, and, and let me tell you what my observations are, because I do teach in the divination class pendulums and finding energy lines in the home. A lot of really interesting stories in regard to that. But I asked myself that question a lot when I first began using it. I thought, what's really going on? And there's two things going on. There are electromagnetic energies that can physically move the pendulum. And then there are micro-movements your subconscious, higher conscious, unconscious mind can use within your hand to make the pendulum move. I have seen both things. The energy field make it move and something, uh, it's a way for the part of us that knows to make it move. And the thing is, is our unconscious mind can process information at 11 billion 11 million bits per second, and our mind is only like 16 bits. So our higher knowing, even our larger uh, physical-oriented consciousness, has a lot more knowledge than our brain does mm -hmm. and can process it quicker, <clears throat> and that can be communicated through the pendulum too. That's why I tell people to shake their arm out and always do the pendulum without their hand anywhere and breathe and focus on other things and allow to happen what happens. And after a while, you'll sense what the answer is before the pendulum even moves because yeah. the awareness comes in through your body first before it goes to the pendulum. Another aspect of this is the idea that um, there is no atom in the universe that is not intelligent. There is no atom that does not have, in fact, a greater intelligence than we would have ever given it credit for. And uh, so <clears throat> another aspect of this is the idea that we're not actually separate from anything. If we go to the Matrix and the little kid was attempting to teach Keanu Reeves spin booning. Uh, spin spin I love, booning. I, I say that, that all the time. time. I love, I yeah, love it's that. Contagious. I do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, okay. And what did the kid say? say he boom, said there boom. is no spoon. You must first remember that there is no spoon, meaning that that part of the universe that we would have called the spoon is not separate from the universe. It is all one universe. And so that's how, that is another explanation of the principles and how the Ouija board works, etc. There just is no separation. And to get to that point of consciousness and to realize that the, all of the atoms around us are uh, summarily on our side is yet another way of seeing this. Yeah. That's just another, and the, all mm -hmm. the answers are absolutely true. They are just variations mm -hmm. on exactly the same thing. Yeah. And we live in a very intelligent universe. A lot Absolutely. of us are not nearly as intelligent as the universe. That's very true. Some of us are, and it just some of us not so much. And do you, do you think it's spirit, though, ever moves the pendulum? Well, that's, that's in that yeah. same yeah, category. Yeah, I do, because yeah. uh, ultra-dimensional, extra-dimensional uh, forces, which are constantly here and around us all the time, have a magnetism or an electro mm -hmm. field to them, electromagnetic field, and so of course it will. Yeah. Yeah, well thank and the you. The spirit Edith. is not that's separate great. from us. You know, that's this is the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I believe it's, it's all a continuous I know. It's all a continuous universe. Yeah. Yeah. Well thank you. That was yeah. an excellent question. Really appreciate that. I think a lot yeah, of people Yeah, thank you. We'd love to hear from you again soon. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next week in fact. Here's Ducky. It's Das Duck and Das Rick. Ah.
Dr. Rickenduck. He was a World War I uh, uh, mechanic that worked on planes, I believe. I got light. There we go. Lice or light? Light. I know. I'm kidding. Okay, thank you. Well, I got trust. And I love the word trust and thinking of it as trusting the person to be who they really are rather than trusting them to do something that we all know they're not going to do mm -hmm. because all that does is separate you from your instincts. And I would say that uh, light isn't at all the fastest thing in the universe, not really even close. Mm -hmm. And um, thought, thought is much, is, much, yeah. much faster. Mm -hmm. And there are things beyond that even. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, we live at a, a moment like a, the now is the crest of the wave of creation. Mm -hmm. uh, every individual now, you cannot be faster than now. Now may be the fastest thing. And now can't run out either. Oops, ran out of now. I'll, I'll have uh. to get my now renewed. Or would that be renowned? I thought I'd do this real quick for Carrie. Oh, while yeah. Thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It's talking about coming from a perspective of a sharing heart. And I feel that you have so much to teach and that you've been in a cycle of learning and now it's being metabolized which is perhaps what the si silence card is talking about getting away going to the beach going near water and, and allow that stuff to be absorbed and become part of your experience and then stepping out there and letting it go into the universe so this could explain a lot uh, in regards to the question you had asked or the comment that you called in with that you're going to a different place Thousands and thousands or millions of people can get intellectual concepts about creating our reality and um, doing these yoga positions and all this stuff. And I think many people can repeat things, but then there comes a point in our evolution, should we decide to take that step, that it get, becomes incorporated into our being and we live it. And that's where I feel you are. So thank you. Do we have an, no calls? Okay. Uh, on the 30th of this month, we'll be doing the full moon with the quartz crystal bowls. Uh, please email us that you're coming. Uh, on the 31st, we are doing our uh, Consciously Creating Your Life, which is uh, very much the examination of the programming that we have uh, received in life and uh, the doing something about it, mm -hmm. which is uh, the name of the game here on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, on the 6th of February, you're doing the... Uh, Second tarot, tarot. Well, it's a tarot and intuitive reading and counseling, which yeah. is really fun. A lot of fun spreads, um, a lot of really great time to enjoy yourself. I've had some fun spreads on, you know, picnics and different crackers and stuff like that. So yeah, there's all kinds the, of fun spreads. On the thirteenth, uh, we'll be doing the fire ceremony, mm -hmm. and on the fourteenth, uh, you're doing the uh, relationship EFT. Yes. Very uh, fun, uh, very wonderfully healing time. Uh-huh. And again, to please let us know you're coming, I'll be doing past lives uh, later that day on the 14th. And on the 19th, 20th, and 21st of February, e you'll be doing the EFT, EFT training. One and first and second level mm -hmm. of that, which is a okay. very exciting thing all the way around. Okay. Well, I think... So draw me a card, see what's going on. Okay. Do you want to or shall I? No, go ahead. Uh, draw me. Not that. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Not that one. Well, it's the understanding card. I it's understand. a really a brilliant card, a uh, brilliant concept behind this card as well. If we're feeling imprisoned in a, with bars around us, it's always because we're not understanding something. 
And it's in the understanding that any kind of a prison lets go and we, we can fly out. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we have a call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, this is Sandy. Sandy, what can we do for you? Yeah, I've uh, been uh, leading, reading a lot of literature, and I do believe in, uh, in universe, that universe take care of you. And uh, mm -hmm. that... Universe will take care of you? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, you know, your thoughts are, it, it is, that's how you create your life, the way you think and all that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, very much. But uh, it's, everything has been just not working the way I wanted. Uh, well, you see, yeah, you see, this is where uh, a place we've been coming from for a long time. Yes, your thoughts create your reality, yeah. but your beliefs create your thoughts. Yeah. So we can force, we can manually strong arm our thoughts, and maybe eventually that's going to change the belief. Or we could really look into the belief that we have, our beliefs, with love and respect instead of judgment and criticizing ourselves. Say, okay, I am going to literally reprogram these beliefs, and then the thoughts will follow suit, and you don't mm -hmm. have to keep constantly rewriting over thoughts. Yeah, like the belief that everything is on your side. Mm -hmm. And if you're saying, well, I, I believe the universe will take care of me, but it's not doing it the way I would like it to do it, mm -hmm. then, then this has to be the reset of the lens you're looking through. Because it is true. Everything, we do live in paradise on Earth. We really do. It's a matter of uh, how much time it takes to recognize the event as a blessing. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it is practice. It really is. The distance between the event and the recognizing it as a blessing, mm -hmm. that distance is measured directly in fear, doubt, worry, mm -hmm. and guilt. I, so I the agree. Yeah, so the less fear, doubt, worry, and guilt, the more instantaneously you recognize the blessing, the uh, Sanskrit word ananda, perpetual bliss. It is possible to recognize everything as blissful immediately were we to have been trained from earliest childhood well, to recognize it but we're trained just I the opposite. I would just ask yeah. our caller before, they, sure. before she hangs up, what would you say is the biggest thing you've been attempting to create with your thoughts that has not worked out? Well, I had, a, actually, this was like uh, within last year, I was like going through, financially was not doing good, and uh, uh, I was trying to just get a modification on my home, but eventually it went to foreclosure. Okay. Well, well let's take that since I know we don't have a, a whole lot of time left, so we can... Okay. Um, what I would like to comment about that is we can have... We think compartmentally often because we have experiences in isolated moments, and that will be a belief here, a belief here. And whereas you may now believe that you, you can overcome the, the financial thing and create whatever you wish, there's probably a lot of beliefs, and many people have beliefs that having enough money is wrong, or the whole rich man through the eye of the needle yeah, yeah. is like a, 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 a camel getting through the yeah. eye of the needle, whatever we're, that we're expression is. We're knocked out of the saddle but on there's a, a lot of, basis. Th there's a lot of things like people will judge us or people will dislike us. A thousand different beliefs, and that's what I go into in the... Uh, EFT for prosperity, because mm -hmm. prosperity means an abundance. It doesn't mean money so much. So what I would suggest to you is to go through and see what are all of your beliefs, even the ones that are conflicting. And when you look at those and deal with those, that issue takes care of itself. It really does. Mm 
-hmm. And the only reason it's not working is because you've got somebody in there in the cab telling the driver to go in a different direction. But see how that goes. And I know we have another call. Okay. Hi, caller. What's Thank your name, Thank you. It was a great question, by the way. Yes, my name is Rick. Hi, Rick. Rick. What can we do for you? Yeah, I, um, I just lost the sight of uh, one of my eyes. I had a stroke, a mini stroke, and I lost the sight of my eye. And I was just wondering if you could possibly give me a reading to see what's going to go sure. on. Sure. And which eye was that? My left eye. Okay. Um, I, I think it's somehow extremely synchronous that you called in and were watching the same night that, that Keith called in about his glasses because I, I believe that um, you know, there's something about that that maybe not being able to see out of your left eye gives your brain a whole, uh, the right brain, a whole other experience of yeah. receptivity. Yeah, very definitely. <clears throat> and this card tells me the same thing, that you have so many gifts to share and that there's something that was, whatever the combination of factors from that stroke, it's giving you an ability to focus on a different aspect of your life in your consciousness and to allow that to come through. And the morality card is about judging ourselves, And sometimes when we judge ourselves, we don't really open up to our inner resources. And so therefore, sometimes we create those events that look like they're really challenging for us so that we are inspired to turn inward and go into the deeper, deeper places. And the isolation, if you look at this, the person is encrusted in ice, which is how our emotion has boundaries. And this card will often come up to talk about boundary issues and communication and melting that ice through the rainbow tears of passion to get your passions flowing again. And, and I feel like maybe you've locked up some of your passions and your dreams a while ago. And this may be, in part, something that's happened to help you to open up and remember your passions. Maybe get a tape recorder or a journal and write down some things that you used to dream for for yourself and allow those back in. Yeah, and, and I know you have the, uh, well, you said loss of sight from the left eye. The definition of loss is gain. That's mm -hmm. what loss means. It means gain. So what have you gained in this is a very different way to look at it. So what you have gained, as Mary was saying, is, is a different uh, way of seeing things. And the left always represents the female, and right always represents the male. So there yeah, was so not the seeing your own female side or creativity. Seeing now your male side. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the gain. Seeing the male part, mm -hmm. and uh, the male is the um, uh, that the electron, the uh, rather than the magnet, an electromagnetic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the electron. So the, uh, the movement, the focus of things has to come into the field now. That's why the stroke is on your side. That's, that's the blessing involved in it. Mm -hmm. okay. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I, I, so. I feel that it's definitely there so that you can love your male side. Forgive yeah. yourself for anything. You know, we get taught that our power is wrong and it's hurtful to people. So forgive yourself unconditionally. Yeah. Both love genders you. on this planet take quite a beating for being the gender they are. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Men beat themselves up all their lives long for mm -hmm. being male. And women, same thing, all the way okay. around. What well, was and our joy ridiculous. and honor to take you to the door tonight? And Please join us Thursday night, 8.30 Eastern? Uh, yes. Online? And if you are um, in the immediate viewing area and you have nothing else to do, come over to Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Snorkel. 
and uh, we will be seeing you there. Mary and I will be there. And, uh, and the everybody host, else. Host of characters that uh, uh, show up there. A cast of there. characters will be there, too. Host, yes, actually. A host and cast of characters. Yeah, the group. Okay, Thank you.